0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 317 of the Wrestling Court, as I hope everyone has a good Thanksgiving holiday, whether if you're traveling to another house or going to somewhere to eat or bugging out family members. Hope everyone enjoyed it. I'm your host, Julian Cannon, here with my good friend and co-host, Rob. How are you doing today? And by God, this is the first time we're actually on camera during this show.
1: Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Uh, I'm good. I'm chilling. Yesterday was Thanksgiving, like you said, and... uh Man, it was uh, nice to – this year we finally did the whole family. Not the whole family. Uh, everyone who was pretty much vaccinated. My whole family's vaccinated, but uh, once we could get together, my mother, my father, and, of course, my two best friends, Billy and Shaq, which Julian knows them for God years. Uh, they, they were there, my, my wife and my daughter. And um, my mother made uh, far too much food. And Crystal and Shaq did the one-chip challenge, except the only difference was uh, they split the chip. I said, because look, the, the, the one chip is like 20 fucking dollars. I'm like, you all get one chip, you share it. And they did it, you know, and it was a lot. It was fun, so I filmed them doing it, you know, just to, just to see it. But they handled it well. I mean, you know, uh, the difference with the one chip from like the, say, like the hot ones is that with a sauce, you can get on the sauce. You may not get all that when you eat the chicken, where the chip is infused the whole way. So it's a lot worse off oh, as the chip.
0: I didn't it's, know that.
1: Oh, yeah, my wife's like, this chip, when she took it out, was dry. It was like the driest chip you ever want to see. Guys, uh, uh, it's a chip, chips to dry. But like, even like when you eat a Doritos, it's like some kind of balance to it. This thing was basically almost pure black and like it looked like charcoal. It was just all those f- fire. Like when you eat like the hot ones, even the last dip, the last, the last dab, the last dab, I think it's called. When you do the last dab, it's just a liquid sauce. So when you're eating chicken, you've got that balance of the meat. This is all hot. So it's a whole different experience. And it doesn't even burn your throat and your stomach. It just attacks the taste buds. And it just doesn't go nowhere. So it was interesting. Well,
0: I stay away from it.
1: Oh, yeah. I can't handle that shit. I'm, I'm old. I can't handle fire. But uh, they did it after we had dinner and we had dessert. And <laughs> so we had a big feast. And it was just way too much food. It was. That's how moms are, right? They make a lot. Uh, so... It was nice, though. It was a, it was a nice day. I, I worked yesterday. I worked the parade because... Oh, every
0: every single year when you tell me you got to work the parade, I just think to myself, I feel bad for you because you got to door all those crowds and the security control.
1: Well, my thing is, since it's my building, right? So we... I get there before, like, the crowd show up. So we drove in at 2.30 in the morning because the police, the problem with the police they close off the side streets at 4 they say they say 5 that's actually lot.
0: 4 <laughs>
1: they're 4 sometimes <laughs> I, I, I know that
0: for a fact it's 4 yeah, if
1: they want to be jerks they can stop it whenever so getting there at 2:33 o'clock in the morning ensures that we're in and then we're in the building we just like we prep everything for the cleaning basically big dumpsters to have right we can't put the dumpsters outside being in new york city having garbage cans or or big empty dumpsters you think it would be smarter just to have it there and let the people throw it away but we have psychos in the world that may use it to be, you know, like look up at the Boston Parade, right? The Boston Marathon all those years ago. The kids had the school bags and they had a bomb. That's a fear for us because of where we're located next to Radio City Music Hall. CBS is next door to us. So NBC's at Rock Center. CBS Foxes
0: is next door. right across the street.
1: Yeah. You, Fox is a couple blocks down from us. And so it's like it's a dangerous area to leave something unattended by thousands of people on one block right it's gonna be thousands of people on this one block and so it's like we can't put the it'd be so much easier if we put the dumpsters out because people would throw the garbage away but the fear of what could be in it you know i'm not going to move a dumpster that has now a bomb in it and i'm going to die that fuck that so we we set everything up we do our early morning cleanup while no one's really around and we sweep up a bit there are some people when we get there 2 30 more people camp out you know and this year was way more people. Obviously, don't forget because last year.
0: Last we had no one. At nothing. This is, right. because the pandemic is subsiding. More people are coming.
1: So they all came out. And let me tell you, the generational gap. Little kids, especially, okay, here's the thing. If you're going to the parade, guys, you have to go early. You have to be in the front row. You can't bring a five, six year old to the parade and be eight rows no. back. We can hold that kid on your shoulders. And guess what? They didn't. And the 10 year olds, they, yo, my, so on the outside of my property, we have outlets that are like behind our pillars. And we use that when we do decorations. So, like the Christmas trees are plugged into it for the outside of the property. But there's always extra outlets. Oh, so if we have to work outside, we need outlets outside. So, if we're using a wet vac outside or the engineers are using tools, where are you going to plug it in? So we have outside outlets. So they're not locked, but they have a flap cover. But with the Christmas trees plugged in, it's open and exposed, and you can see the outlets. So what we're getting, all the 10-year-old kids on TikTok, they're not watching the fucking parade. They don't care (laughs) anymore.
0: No,
1: no. They're just watching TikTok and playing games with each other. They don't want to be there. This is, oh, wow. We're waving at people on floats that we don't know. Oh, okay. What else does this do? I don't know. And there's a balloon. Oh, great. There's a blues clues balloon. All right. They don't care. It's be, the kids don't care. And I can't blame them. Like, we're, who, like I remember when I used to go as a little kid, we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have that. So that was a big deal. We're outside in the cold. We're drinking a hot cup of chocolate and we're up front and you know, watching the parade. And you make fun of you have fun. But if you're after three or four rows, they can't see nothing. So they don't care. You know? So know. they're just sitting on the floor, and now they're using my outlets to charge their phone. So I'm banging on the glass, going, get the fuck yeah. out of here.
0: Didn't we a few weeks ago talk about the fact that people could have now afford battery packs? Like, why do you need to plug into no, other people's these, charges?
1: These, the 10 year olds, they don't have batteries. Oh, okay, that, okay, okay. I
0: thought you might all, like they were 14, 16.
1: No, these are little kids. These are like 10 year old kids. They were very they my daughter's age and younger. I could tell. When I threatened them, they ran away. And like they think they're so much smarter than you. These little boys, they were like, like they, I was staying there and they ran away. It's like 20 minutes later, the kid comes back and he doesn't see me. Like he's looking through the glass trying to see me. And he goes to go over and I walk over to the glass. He's like, and he walked away. Like you thought you were so clever. Then people were climbing on our Christmas trees, bro. They All start that- breaking our trees. Yeah, we have three Christmas trees outside, right? This one, so the security guard, big security guard, goes outside, goes, You gotta get down. You know what the guy said to him? The guy's like, This building's got insurance, right? And then
0: so the 10-year-old kids gotta understand what that is.
1: No, 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 no. This was an adult said this to my security guard. So my security guard looked at me like and walked back in. Security guard tells me, like, this guy told me don't the building have insurance? I'm like, who? So I go outside, (laughs) I go outside. And all you hear me goes, "Get the fuck off the tree!" And all of a sudden, like, "Oh shit!" They jumped off. And the third tree over had people on it, and they jumped off. Me yelling at the first tree, (laughs) like, "We're sorry." I'm like, "I don't want no one on this damn tree." You understand me? Then another asshole has his little kid. He tries to climb up on the tree with his kid. He almost falls. Almost kills the two of them. I was so pissed. But um, so then, what we have to do is, I'm watching because I'm not watching the prey so much. I'm watching to see when Santa shows because like the show opens with the turkey and ends with, that Santa. That,
0: that oh. that ends with Santa.
1: So once I see the reindeers, I can get my guys together. We can go outside and start cleaning. You know, I stood there and waited and waited. I saw the first nose of a reindeer. I'm like, let's go. We had to go through the garage. I'm running people over with because I want to go home. Like I've been here since two in the morning. It's 11 o'clock. Get the fuck off my property! Go away! I need to clean because they shoot confetti, man. There's confetti everywhere. There's coffee cups, piss bottles. Because remember, it's COVID, no bathrooms. And besides that, they're drinking ten cups of hot chocolate. It was a little. It was cold in the morning, but by eleven o'clock it was warm. But these idiots left all these half-drinking coffee cups, hot chocolate cups, bottles of wine. I'm used to that, but this is the first year that people didn't leave tents, chairs, sleeping bags, or ladders and they had them but people took it with them first year every year normally i usually get about 20 folding chairs six sleeping bags five tents but they actually took it this year which helped us out because that was less garbage but we filled up two dumpsters still within 20 minutes then we had to go back out and now this this coffee stains all over the ground this truck, and we have to mop it because we can't stain this concrete because it's my problem with the work you know so we had to go get hot mops clean the floor Get the confetti into the street so the street trip is complete. But we got it all done and I got out by twelve o'clock. And so it was not bad.
0: I am I feel for you guys we gotta do that, but I'll tell you this. Be lucky (laughs) be lucky that it's not New Year's freaking Eve because it it doesn't even affect your area, it affects all of fucking Times Square.
1: We do get like when New Year's Eve happens, like if it's a real crowd in New Year's Eve, like I think this New Year's Eve is gonna be crazy because don't forget it's Friday. Oh so it's good, yeah, it's a Friday this year. So, I expect, um, like, they normally go up to about my block, but you know, it's over on Seventh Avenue. So, it's not near me. But people do come by my building because people are drunk and wandering. So, you'll get vomit on the property. But we don't get like what the New Year's Eve gets. But we do get some stuff, but that's just the stragglers just trying to find a place to go drunk. You know, they're waddling. Where, where can I go? You know, <laughs> so we get that. Not as bad as like uh, where they get in Times Square, obviously. But um, the parade goes. Like I said, the parade's right in front of our building. That, that's just. But for me, like I said, it's overtime. Eight hours for three guys. You know, so that's not bad.
0: Oh my lord! You know. <clears throat> This weekend wrestling was a bit crazy. Let's start off with Monday Night Raw. Uh, the yep. most eventful thing that happened was Seth Rollins being attacked by that fan. Now, the first, when me and my lady was watching it, we thought at first that it was Kevin Owens because of the red and black. But the next thing you know, the right. camera cut away. It was like, yeah. holy shit, that was a fan attack.
1: Well, you know, let's talk about that really quick, like what you're saying. Because it was so sad that even the announced crew, kind of talked about briefly and then they stopped talking about it because even they Vince has been throwing out scripts so much that they don't even know if <laughs> they don't even oh, know
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> if it's if it's scripted or not they didn't know if that was like the Vince said Kevin Owens goes out because they didn't know right it was like they throw out the script so much that something like that would normally be seen as automatically oh my god this is a, an attack whereas at first like people thought it was part of the show that's a problem Uh That reminds me of what happened to Raven, remember? Uh, When Raven had the the fan attack and pulled him out of the ring, he sold it to get his Diamond Dallas Page or some shit. And he's like, oh, shit, it's a fan. He didn't realize. But with this, the worst part about this is that the fan was goaded by a fake Seth Rollins account online. I was to
0: bring that up. Um, back in 2019, he was talking with a fake Seth Rollins account. But all I could say is money was exchanged. He didn't get exactly what he wanted. So he came there with a mission to try to take Seth Rollins out. Obviously, that did not happen. Seth Rollins put him in a headlock. And yep. next thing you know, the security came. Uh, the, WWE, the, the refs. The
1: refs, the refs came,
0: and then some... Uh, some of the WWE guys came out. Um, one of them was Becky Lynch. The other was Michael P.S. Hayes.
1: Yeah. Well, my problem is at the end of the day, um, what sucks about this is that, and I, I texted you about this, was like Billy brought up this is the same venue where Bret Hart, that fan was easily able to get in. How the fuck did this guy get... And look where he came from. You see the one fan footage. He came running from somewhere. And no one was even on top of this dude. There was no... like. How did they get away with this shit? Like, what if that guy had a knife?
0: Obviously, it's because of the security. I don't even blame WWE on this part. It's Darkrai De- no. Center's security that's exactly. been slacking.
1: Uh, no, you can't blame WWE on this. I, I, never will. Just the same thing with Bret Hart. It wasn't Bret, You know, it wasn't WWE's fault. It was the simple fact that the fucking guy was able to get that close to a And like, I would understand. It, it wouldn't be even security's fault. If the guy was like in the front row. But you saw the footage, this guy came around and gored him. And you're like, where the fuck was security with any of this? Like, and I we'll get into asshole in a second on Twitter. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. We will,
0: we will. But we'll get
1: into that by what he said. Uh, but the idea is like, all right, the guy is mentally unstable. Let's just put it that way. Uh, he was goaded by a fake account. This happens to a lot of people. Um, the problem is the people that fall for it are the ones that can't discern fiction from reality and um and this is a problem with these troll trolls out there like the trolls what do you guys get like okay if any troll is listening to this come on on this you know on our podcast you know comment section and be anonymous because that's all you are but tell us what do you guys get out of that because i really want to know you could have gotten seth nons killed do you really want him dead do you think this is funny or are you a fake account that honestly doesn't even like wrestling but you just thought this would be fun to fuck with a wrestling fan and the truth is okay. something would have triggered this guy anyway because if he's that messed up something would have gotten him eventually but it had to be set it had to be on a very big stage a platform like that and and the problem is with this is that it's why do you have the need to mess with people why do also why i mean obviously he's mentally messed up there are people that do fall for this stuff all the time there's people lots of times have been called online, or been emailed, promised all these. Look, this happens to young girls all the time where guys guy says, I'm a producer. I can help you. And they get they get they get unfortunately raped, assaulted, or forced to do something. And it, there's nothing that comes of it. And fake modeling agencies. There's lots of that. And those guys are horrible human beings. Yeah, and guess what?
0: what, Rob? They still exist.
1: Yeah, they exist. And they make, they're making money and they assault women. But what does these online versions get out of it? What do you get out of it? Like, obviously, you said there was something that happened that he got scumbagged out. So obviously, there was a reason for this one. But there's lots of them who just do it for the fun of it. Like Reddit has these guys that will talk about shit and they make fake shit stories. And then like people believe the fake shit stories for like years later. Oh, yeah, I was just fucking around. And it's like, but what do you get? Like, I don't how is your life so fucking meaningless that you have to fuck with somebody? Like, you this, know, fuck ooh. with somebody's life.
0: You know, after this whole ordeal happened earlier this week, he came out and... Something we never thought attackers would do is that he came out and made a video explaining why. And I'm going to share my screen and play the video.
2: Good morning, guys. Roger, go ahead. That was me on WWE. Uh, I was booked from Goldberg and Vince Man, And I jumped over the barricade. So I told Vince McMahon I had personal beef with Kobe Lopez. Vince McMahon did not tell... Kobe I was gonna be there and the personal beef is between me and Kobe and he knows what he done so as a related to the tribal chief as the tribal chief cousin Royal 452 on Instagram I did what I had to do I made my family proud cause we are the ones and WWE officials I appreciate you for taking me off Kobe Lopez cause you know what was about to happen? I did it for Rakishi. I did it for the Rock. I did it for all my tribal family. Oh God. And I appreciate this message worldwide because I'm an upcoming WWE superstar. Oh God, help us.
0: <laughs> you know, I watched. I watched that earlier this week. I was like, Hey, at least he explained himself, but it's still quite shitty. Oh.
1: Yeah, I uh, I I uh, I got I got nothing.
2: <laughs> got data.
1: I got, what, what what can you even say about like that? It's fucked up, man. Like you're hearing this kid like you know, he hasn't learned obviously and he doesn't learn his lesson. He's walk- we've learned a lot of times that these people who get punished aren't remorseful and haven't learned their lesson. The idea is you're supposed to learn your lesson and he didn't. And it, this is fucked up at the end of the day. Now, let's keep within the same thing. And uh, why don't you explain to the people who may not have heard it what Chavo Guerrero had to say about this. Yes. Whole
0: situation. In fact, not only that I will share it, but I will also feel it right on the screen. So Chavo Guerrero decided to go on Twitter <laughs> they, they, basically because I guess he wanted some relevance in 2021. He needs he's, a rub in 2021 when he's yes. out <laughs> He said, remember when the wrestlers were tougher than the fans? Ah, the good old days.
1: And, okay, that's the first out. He, he got fucking destroyed by people online. If you, could, if you can s-
0: look at the ratio of about almost 1500 quote tweaks and almost 3000 likes. <sighs> You see it, do
1: you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's fucking Kerwin White doing his fucking best fucking Undertaker impression. Look, it, yeah, at, least, at said, least when
0: Undertaker said that, it was just about the locker room and not about fans attacking wrestlers.
1: Listen, man. First out, Seth got him in the head front facing Choco, but this kid rolled bulldogged all over him. Like, by the time, like, it was so fast. You saw, like, when they went down, the kid was past him already. I'm not calling him a kid. He's 24. Get the fuck out of here.
0: That's 24 years this,
1: old. This, this, this man rolled over him and that Seth was underneath his fucking leg. You're like, what the fuck? There was no... How is he going to fight him off like that? And it doesn't matter because look, between that guy and the asshole that told Jim Cornette or Jim Cornette sent me a dude. And Jim Cornette's like, fuck you with the with Jericho, remember?
0: Yeah, but, um, like, the fan came in during the Jericho MJF segment.
1: Hey, I gotta admit, you know, uh, like, he got on the stage, but the – like, and once again, referees, Justin Roberts was on that dude's ass, bro. Like, you know, they protect each other. And that's what happened with Seth. You know, the only people who really, really there for him was the refs. You know, the refs do a lot of that.
0: Here's something I will also add. Um, Chavo Girl said that, and he doesn't realize we're at a different time now. If Seth would have maybe punched him or clocked him yeah. live yeah. on camera, even the camera phones of everyone there, lawsuits would have happened.
1: Listen, it is a quick two seconds for someone to sue somebody. And a corporation like WWE doesn't want to deal with that. And they, they would have to punish. Even in self-defense, which this would be, uh, they could put a lawsuit. And it's time wasted fighting it. You know? Chavo doesn't understand that at the end of the day. I guarantee you that guy would have done the same thing to Chavo and would are taking his ass out fast. It's very real. All right? You don't – how are you going to say you're all tougher than fans? Dude, give me a break. A lot of those barroom brawls never ended the way they claimed them to be. Okay, let me let's let me tell a story. All right, this is uh from the one of the masked wrestlers from WWF from back in the day. Okay, he was uh married to one of my mom's friends, and he used to invite us over. I, he was an older man. He was a heavy set dude. You know, he wasn't. He was like six six foot one, six. Was it foot
0: invader one, one? Was it?
1: No, no. He was just one of the masked wrestlers. Oh, masked okay. whatever. Uh, whatever they needed him to be, he had a mask and he would wear it. And he was that and they would name him the man. His name was John. Um uh John Cacavalli was his real name. Uh, you can look him up, and he just he was a New York local wrestler. And Vince WWF would always hire him, but when they were at Master Square Garden, or whatever. And like he would travel, but that's when he was younger, he would travel more. But as he got older, he didn't really travel so much. He just stayed local, you know. they would hire him. And remember, don't forget, every month WWE was here having shows in Master Square Garden, New Jersey connecticut long island so he would every month he's working and uh and every year he always have a barbecue and all the wrestlers had to come over at night because once hulk hogan got big uh they couldn't come during the day because all the neighborhood people would see him and they couldn't have that so they had to do midnight barbecue so that's another side story and he would tell a barroom brawl how that they beat everybody in the bar up and they left the place overturned and blah 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 you know and it, it, you sit there going how true is that like you know he's going to make how much of this is
0: real or how right. much of this is a work
1: and his wife would like say john just stop john she used to hit him like stop <laughs> like is she stopping him from being embarrassed or is that like he's just bullshitter? because you know if there was that big of fights it they would be more like i get it the 70s were different in the early 80s but that shit would get out you know all these big claims these huge destructions that these guys would do where was it like, you know, like he got into a fight with a guy in the airport and he knocked the guy's car open like, OK, well, I mean, it's possible you can do that. But I'm just saying, did you, though, or does it sound like, oh, he like yeah.
0: so he sounded like he was working everyone as much as both Nick Gage and David Arquette did to those dark side of the ring producers?
1: Yeah, let's be real. Yeah, exactly. But at the end of the day, like how much of it is real? And you have to take it granted. So I just listened to his stories. He was an older man. He was just happy to have the, you know, whatever. And um, but it was just so funny when would tell these stories I said they're going through. I'm sorry. All these wrestlers had these big stories, you know, fighting six on one and stuff. But don't get me wrong. Wrestlers get that shit because fans are drunk and think that well, not fans. The guys at bars think they're tough guys and they always want to test. trust me, how many times a guy try to fight Tyson in a bar, or a fucking Lennox Lewis in a bar, or whoever. It's like, why would you test the boxer? Because guys, well, I'm tougher than this guy. And it's like, and if hey, remember I remember that,
0: remember that famous story with Shawn Michaels, and he was attacking a bar because by he kept six messing Marines,
1: with yeah, yeah Marines, Marines. Marines, yeah, Marines. And they said it was six Marines. I, mean, well, I think it was like one guy. Some sure the true story, like they don't even know the true story, or that if it was even Marines, but the idea was six of them, of course. And they they got him from behind and all that bullshit stories you know at the end of the day it's a lot of it's bullshit so no matter what nowadays it doesn't matter because he's performing he's on the show he should be protected he's a talent and to say that he wasn't tougher than the fan i would love to see chavo right now have that guy blindside you and gore you and see how you would fucking do look what happened with eddie guerrero when he was on the fucking ladder
0: uh, the He's ladder fucking, match with our uh, RVD yeah, when he jumped in and um, pushed the ladder off.
1: Dude, fucking Eddie
0: and the fucking and a girl kicked the shit fucking, out of him.
1: Yeah, and the ref too. Ref is knocking the fucking guy's face in. Um, what about Macho Man? oh my god, Macho Man would more fucking you <laughs> fucking more fans. Macho Man just kind—I think he enjoyed that shit. <laughs> it's also you know, Macho this man. was
0: this was the fourth time Seth Rollins has been a, um attacked by a fan.
1: Wow, really?
0: Remember the last? Yeah, the the other few times, one of them was during the entrance, that guy. Then another one, it was like one of the shield reunions. I'm not sure if Seth Rollins was on that team, but it was one of the shield reunions, and one of the guys came in dressed up as the shield. Do you remember that one?
1: yeah. Yeah, I remember that. He got into the ring.
0: Yes, right, he got, he got to into the ring. the ring. And they're like, who the fuck is this guy? Yes, yeah. <laughs> then Seth Rollins was cutting a promo. This was in 2018. And another guy got into the ring, but he get, he got nowhere near Rollins as the security took him out quick.
1: Who got dick punched in the ring? Was that RKO? Was that, that was Randy, Randy Orton?
0: Yes. I remember that because we talked about it, it.
1: Yeah, he got nutshotted. So the idea is like if it's when they get into the ring that fast, I get it. Like, you know, if something happens fast, but this was like Uncalled for this was just as but I, I compared this to the Bert Hart one because this guy had a lot of time to get through. That it should have been stopped before that, personally. Uh and thank God Seth didn't get hurt. Let's be real. You know, he that's didn't sweet. get hurt. You know, but if people are gonna talk shit about that. I think that's wrong. This is this is like a – I I did the best comment on on Reddit. I have to admit it was funny. It's like you went through a whole dude. Reddit thread. No, no, I just when they first posted the, the video, one of the video clips, one of them had a better angle. So for that video clip on Reddit, one of the first comments was hysterical going, that dude's lucky he wasn't fighting Cash Wheeler. <laughs> I just started laughing, going, Cash Wheeler knocked out. It's true, Cash probably would have, as that guy grabbed it, he would have just punched him unconscious. Because <laughs> Cash is a fucking, he's a beast, bro. <laughs> and it's true. It's like, yeah, it's, that's why he picked Seth Rollins, right? <laughs> also, he picked when, him in Man the when,
0: when I was going through one of the Reddit threads, uh, one of the comments was a bit... Bit dark humor, but also kind of cold. Uh, before it got deleted, it was, um, it was one of the ones when Chavo was tweeting. The one person said he wished Benoit would have killed you instead of Nancy. I'm like, what oh, the fuck?
1: Shit, see that's uncool.
0: Jesus.
1: God damn, damn that's, that's fucking <laughs> cold, bro. But that, that's that's Reddit, for you, you know. People exactly. on Reddit, they have no, they have no filter, so it's kind of it's funny, but it's fucked up. Uh, but like you know, Chavo just wanted hit the frame. Even AEW didn't want Chavo. Like they thought they would bring in Chavo to put it onrade, and they realized like what's the point of this? He's he's not fitting. Get rid of you him. Know,
0: while on the same subject, uh, Rick Flair made some news this week, saying that he mm-hmm. does not want to go back to WWE because of um what he was having that hospital scare. They asked him for his intellect his IP, and all that other kind of stuff. Yep. Rick Flair kind of went on the tangent saying he would not go back to WWE. They're not professional, whatnot, blah, 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 blah. But he
1: said he still talks. He has no problem with Vince. He says it has everything to do with Nick Khan. He doesn't got... like Nick Khan. He has a big problem with him, how he handles things, how he handles business. Uh, and I get it, you know, but at the same time, no disrespect to Rick Flair. Like I said, Rick Flair, at the end of the day, with all the shit that's happened, it will blow over and people will forgive Rick Flair. Just like if Hulk Hogan's back in good graces with people, not with me. Uh, But then again, I've never liked Hulk Hogan, so you know, that shouldn't count. My opinion doesn't matter. Uh, But with Ric Flair, who he is, is bigger than what that incident was about. And let's be real, that was as far as we know, the only recorded incident of something like that where like it was against him. There hasn't been too much saying like all these other women. This is the only one where it didn't work in his favor and it blew up because of whatever. And I love it. The person who got canceled was Tommy Dreamer, not even fucking Ric Flair. Ric Flair got a podcast well, out of well, it. Well,
0: Ric Flair had a few bookings that got had to be canceled.
1: Yeah, but it, this is Ric Flair. You can't keep Ric Flair away. Yeah, he's, but I mean, uh, I, a said it,
0: I, I said it way back when they announced that this episode was airing that yep. you know I mean, he's going to catch wind to this and they, got, and they released him. And that's exactly yeah. what happened.
1: So I think, personally, WWE isn't going to call Ric Flair back. Even Hulk Hogan's on a small smidgen of usefulness. Uh, I think that's the same thing with Ric Flair for WWE. WWE doesn't even need Ric Flair. He wasn't really doing much. Um, But at the same time, I feel Ric Flair has a lot to offer. Just his name recognition alone. People still will chant woo when people do the slap. You know, the slap in the chest, it's because it's part of our vernacular, you know? It's, you can't, you can't not do it, you know? It's actually, the chant is even beyond Ric Flair himself. It has taken its own entity in life. And you can't tell, well, WWE tried to silence that, remember, years ago? They told people not to do the corner slap so the people wouldn't woo. And it's just like, well, now you're removing wrestling moves from wrestlers. It's like, don't do the figure four. Don't do the corner slap because it referenced Ric Flair. And at the time, Vince was pissed off at Ric Flair because that's when he went to TNA. And so they like, they, they banned that. And it's like, I kind of say if you want to ban a move, if you feel it's dangerous. You know, if it's not being delivered right, it's a dangerous move. Like with the Tombstone Power Driver, they stopped it for a long time because they wanted because it was too dangerous. Meanwhile, they didn't ban it when <laughs> when fucking Owen Hart fucking broke Stone Cold's neck. But I'll digress. Um, you know, they banned that move for a bunch of years. They banned the curb stomp because they thought that was too dangerous. And it's like, well, that's silly. It's any move is dangerous. It's it's just how a wrestler has to be prepared. Just, like the styles clash. If you're not prepared for it, it could be dangerous. Holy shit! A sit down power bomb paralyzed draws. You're gonna stop that move. Uh, it's, it's one of those things at the end of the day, like it can, any wrestling move is going to be hurt. It's it's fucking wrestling. But banning people from the woo, you can't stop the Ric Flair woo. Ric Flair, I he right now, he's got a lot of animosity. Uh, he said he doesn't blame Vince, but he will never go back. And I don't think WWE would want him back. He's not beneficial to them. I mean, he probably does definitely make money for them um their rick flair figures sell pretty well with mattel so it's like you know just like the hulk hogan figures sell really yeah. really well from mattel and so unfortunately there's people who are buying those figures of rick flair and buying them hulk hogan they're not watching wrestling now they remember their childhood they don't even care what hulk hogan did they don't care about what rick flair did they just care about the nostalgia so you know rick flair does have something to offer but would it be offering him as a, a company piece? Like, okay, let's say Ric Flair didn't get in trouble and he came over and wanted to be with Andrade, let's say. Oh, it was supposed to happen. It didn't happen. Would it benefit Andrade? Because let's be real. Tully is in a good spot with Cash and Dax. It makes sense. Uh, Cody having on – it's okay. Uh, Arn has taken on a new entity as Arms Anderson. I really wish they would just call him that. I think it's great. He pulls out the fake gun, and stuff. but it, you know what? It got over. It got over people and loving it. So you can't, you can't get I'm mad not, at I'm it. I'm
0: not sitting on it. I'm, I'm just, it,
1: It's funny though. It's funny. But like, what would Rick Flair? It, it. it Arn Anderson. Like, uh,
0: all the other ones have something to offer. What is Rick Flair going to offer?
1: Offer Andrade. Andrade, they, honestly, no disrespect. Andrade only, doesn't only, need it.
0: The only reason why. <laughs> They would do it because fans know that he's, you know, kind of part of the family,
2: it's and that's a, the only it's reason.
0: A, it's an insider joke, but not. Yeah. It won't appeal to the masses. The masses at will. The, of- the masses will look at that and be like, "What the fuck?" Just like they did with RVD and um, uh, what's his name? Um, what's Alberto's um uh, ring announcer?
1: Oh, uh, Ricardo Rodriguez, which is the he's the announcer at AEW now. He does the Spanish yes. announcing now, which is good. He's a great talent, but it's just it's not necessary. Um, but for our, for Andrade, he didn't need it. He just I like the personal announcer guy. He has the guy who carries his coat. That's perfect. But he's like the Lulu pencil for Andrade. That's all he's there for. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like what I do appreciate about AEW, Andrade is allowed to speak. The Lucha Brothers are allowed to speak. Hikaru Shida is allowed to speak. They're not silenced. They're not given an English-speaking manager. Like when they put page with Asuka and Iro Shirai. It's like, uh, was it yeah, was it Eero, Eero, who was it, was it was who was um it was, it was who was the tech team? It was Asuka and that was Eero uh, Shirai Shirai. No, was K- um, Kari Sane. Kari Sane, sorry, Kari Sane. And so they gave him page for a little bit so they could speak. Meanwhile, let them talk. Oh, the fans can't listen to them talk. Bullshit. You don't want the fans to listen. Because you know what is cutting promos, his English isn't perfect, but he gets it out. The Lucha Brother, the one Lucha brother that can't speak any English. The other one can. Ray speaks better than um Penta, but they gave the announcer, they gave the the, the ring guy, uh what's that guys' name? Who's Alex? No, not Alex Martin. the other guy. He's with them as they and he speaks for Penta, which is fine because Penta speaks no English, but they let Penta cut his promo. And then the guy goes, Let me tell you what Penta just said, you know. And sometimes they don't even let them do. It. It's like fuck it, I know what he said and they start fighting.
0: In WWE, um, it was kind of a language barrier, but they had him with Selena, and they could bounce Mm -hmm. off of each other. That was a perfect pairing.
1: Perfect pairing because Selena was useful for that. Yes. But also, I felt like once he separated her, they felt they didn't see use in him, which is foolish. Um, He can cut a promo. He speaks English enough that he can get – and he gives the – the way he speaks is arrogant enough. And like it, it gets, it comes through, and you, and the people don't boo or say what in AEW. They listen to him when he speaks. His, you know what I'm saying? If this was the late 90s, uh, <laughs> it would have been shit. But like nowadays, I
0: think the fans or, are more cool. Or, or mid 2000s when the DX was here.
1: Yeah, it would have been a little worse. And I feel like, you know, I, that's why I love when I watch it. Like, yeah, let them speak. If you want them to get better, you have to let them speak now. You can't blame them for not getting better if you don't let them speak, because you're hindering their language. You know, hindering their – You're then you're saying that they're not good enough to be there. Well, then that's clearly not the case. And uh, for me, like I love it, but like I said, would Rick Flair have benefited him? No. Would it have been interesting to see him there. Yeah, it'd be cool for a cup of tea. Uh, but I don't think he would have been as beneficial as Tully has been for Dax and Cash. FTR really benefited from Tully. I think because Tully is just, you know, really good at being that manager heel, getting involved because he knows the mindset of being a heel. He knows what he's doing. Um, and I feel like that's when you bring certain people in, it it's beneficial. I think Vicky Guerrero has really grown on me with Nyla. And and, and, and that has helped because it's Vicky. You know, it's Vicky being Vicky, but it works. Oddly, it works. Uh, Thinking of, but, um
0: AW, hey, sorry, go ahead.
1: Yeah, go no no no. Okay, good. Go ahead.
0: Speaking of AEW, real quick, uh, Matt Hardy did a recent interview where he was yeah. talking about his last days in. WWE. He had a conversation with Vince where Matt felt like he could see himself as a performer for very long. And Vince told him that he sees him as a producer. Now, seeing Matt in AEW since last year, I'm gonna have to, it may be crazy for you, but I might have to sign with Vince on this one because I think Matt Hardy has a great creative mind. and I even said it last year when he left WWE that he could have been a producer there.
1: Well, I think the idea is what Matt wants to do is what, what Punk is doing right now. Matt's working with these hearted talent as part of the hfo he has he he he's not able to put on clinics anymore and that's the truth
0: he said his uh, legs of course not
1: <laughs> he's very stiff he's very he, he's he's broken he's broken he is literally a broken man Hardy because his body's broken down but what he has to offer is that he's doing a great heel character he's able to create different characters and work with the HFO in different capacities. He's got he's got probably one of the biggest stables going, pretty much, right? And utilizing those talents and being part of Matt Hardy first gives name recognition for some younger talents. It gets them in a spot. It gets them on TV every week, right? So at the end of the day, they're getting their spots and they're getting stuff in. And Matt's working with them. Where's Matt mostly get his victories? Most of the time, it's on dark. He'll have a little squash match with a young kid, and or whatever, you know. And he's not winning hundred percent cleanly against. Main talent, they have to cheat because he's a bad guy. So, yeah, I could see what he wants to get in the ring and do this with the young talent working what he's been doing with Orange Cassidy, what he's been doing with the best friends, what he's been doing with his guys, and what he's been doing just across the board is that mid tier. Matt understands the mid tier very well. And, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know? Right. But not, I think Matt just loves wrestling not to not be in it. Like, you can't, if a wrestler is refusing. That doesn't want to go and not wrestle. And you can't find a way to give a producer-wrestler combo, which is what Matt's doing is producing and wrestling right now. But he's not wrestling all the time. He's basically being a manager, helping backstage, covering stuff. And I think he does have a creative mind. And I see that he needs to stop having sex because he's got enough children. He's shooting out kid after kid after kid. Matt, I hope you you keep paying this HFO. I really hope you have the money, bro, because – I prefer if he just kept the manager role, like what Tully does, what Arn does, what you know, what these guys do. Matt is best for that, you know. I don't know if Matt's holding out, hoping for Jeff and do like a one last thing with Jeff. I don't know, but I feel like a guy like him. Remember, Matt, Matt's not fifty yet; he's like forty-eight. No, he's, not, he's, he's,
0: he's hes not fifty yet, but he's every single time he's in a match, he's moving like he is fifty. That's getting yeah. scary.
1: Yeah, I feel like. He could just be the manager right now. Let your body heal up. You don't have to have him. You have, he has a talented roster of guys that are with him. He could just be the manager. Heal up. Come back in a year. You're there. You're still there. You'll be the manager. You're helping book stuff. You're cutting promos. You're creating ideas. He's, the HFO thing is a great little money mat. You know It works. He's done it before. And let the young guys do the fighting for you. And just triple leg, do a spot, do the fucking, you know, your, your finisher just when the ref isn't looking to help your bad guys, your two win the match. If he would just get that out of his system and do that, it wouldn't be so bad. And, and he's really kept it to a minimum. He, he isn't like pulling on these crazy, crazy stuff. He's going to pull back. I think as he, he'll, he'll be able to, like what Taz does with Team Taz, what, you know, these guys do, that's what they're there for the older talent to help the younger talent. And Matt's in a good spot. He could stop. And I think if he took a year off, we have plenty of talent in AEW that, Matt, you don't have to wrestle right now. Heal up in a year. Get your body back into a good condition. And then have a couple matches next year when we need you to pull you out. You know, Hey, Matt, come in. Do a crazy thing. Make a storyline. Make a reason. Don't just come in there and, and he looks hurt. He's wrestling hurt. Christian looks like a million bucks compared to him. I know Christian had seven years off. It's true. But Christian is... Performing at a fantastic, just like Edge, performing at a high level, high level. Christian, honestly, I looked at Christian um at the pay-per-view, and I was watching an old TNA match. I was like, it looks like it's almost
0: that like he's not lost a beat.
1: Even physically, he doesn't look any different. And I'm like, that's amazing. And he Christian, you can see is loving it, and he's Doing good, and they gave him a nice spot, and he's there. He's not forgotten. I think it was a good talent to pick up was Christian, absolutely a great talent. Matt just needs a time off. I think any wrestler who's broken needs time off. Give them the time off. Speaking Some up, guys Bob. just don't. They don't Sorry, like to, ahead. you know. They don't like to. Let's be real. They they love being in the ring. It, it's hard. It's hard to tell a wrestler to stop.
0: Speaking about uh, talents, uh, last week WWE released more people: Ashante Adonis, Top Dollar, Drake Maverick. John Morrison, Tegan Knox, Jackson Riker, finally. Yeah, right. Oh. <laughs> Isaiah, <laughs> Isaiah Swerve Scott, and Shane
1: Thorne. Um Not see, for I don't... hit
0: Hit Row literally, they brought them up on a main roster. They released the um they released B Fab. And then yeah. there was three left. And then a week later, they released the last three. And Top Dollar, I gotta say, he's Kind of a prick on social media. If you've seen a lot of his stuff, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, I seen, I seen. Didn't you ever like, try the, to have a, first... with, uh, have a feud with a? Didn't you have a feud with a claim? Didn't you try to do shit with Matt Cast and Max Cass? Yeah. Didn't he talk shit? Yeah, didn't work out so well for him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, when once um, his name ended up on a releases, I was like, none of these tweets age well. Then he was on an interview last week, and one of the quotes that came out of it was that. When they released a B-fab, he said he called Vince in the office and told him that it was a mistake to release them. First off, we can say as much as we want about Vince, but if you're getting fi- if you're getting released, why would you call Vince? Why? The
1: fact had the- I got to give him credit for calling Vince. That's I, 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 ballsy, give right? That's <laughs> I give him credit. That's pretty ballsy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but what kind of um, normal human being would do that?
1: You know, it's so weird. Like when you get fired from a job. I If I got fired from my job, I would not be calling the owner of my company. I would be calling my supervisor, the guys above me. Like, yo, what the fuck? Why, why are you firing me? Tell me the reason I'm being fired. Don't give me budget cuts because we know budget cuts is the biggest bullshit answer across the board. I don't get it. I, and like no disrespect, this group, I feel like – and people going to be mad at me for saying this. I'm okay – with this release, this made this release has made more sense to me. No disrespect. I didn't really see um, what was it, hit row. I heard of them. I didn't watch them. You know, some people raved about them. Some people were like, oh, they're okay. They need a little more time. But they were in the here's the point, regardless of what I feel or anyone feels about the group, they were literally in the program right before they were fired. They were in a story arc that was being written for them literally days before they were released. That is weird. Honestly, John Morrison, I'm happy to be released because of all this in the group, he's the one that's going to get working right away. Let's be
0: real. Oh yeah, of course. Uh, He's he's never stopped. A lot of years into this, so he's going to get picked up real quick after his ninety days are over.
1: Instantly, he's already probably booked a raise, waiting for his time to run out. Because John Morrison, when he was fired from WWF the last, the first time. He was working the next week as soon as he could. As soon as he was able to, he was working somewhere else. And he's always working because the guy is a talent. Now I'm glad you know, they got rid of his wife, and they didn't even use her. So why'd you they hire her?
0: Brought her in earlier this year. The next, you know, late this year, she's gone. It's kind of messed up. Both him and her uh, lost their uh, complete income for the next uh, few weeks. Well, months, I mean, sorry, when they, when you get rid-
1: well, no, I mean, when you get the 90-day no-compete, don't you get paid while you're off?
0: Yes, you do, but I mean, like, as so far as pay. as as far as like a normal contract,
1: right? They're not getting T-shirt sales, and well, I mean, obviously, if they do sell their shirts, they have to. I think it's amazing that, like, you know, they print all these shirts, they make all these figures, then they fire the wrestler. It's like, well, you you're going to sit on these shirts. It's like you can't sell them because you don't you don't want to give them royalties because you have to. So, what do? Maybe they do not get royalties because you know they don't own certain names or whatever. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it's like, of anyone, I'm happy that John Morrison's free to work wherever he wants as soon as is possible because he's a talent that I love watching. I think he's great. I do, too. Ever
0: since the Tough Enough days.
1: Yeah, he's just been – he's great. He's great. And as a Mike, he's gotten much better. But I felt when they brought him back to WWE, he went there, and I'm like – and they put him right back with The Miz. I'm going, well, oh. not saying that working with The Miz is a kiss of death because, you know, Miz is doing his thing. He's got the reality show and everything. Let's be real. He's making his money for the company. But like at the end of the day, it's like, you know, when you give, it's like, I feel like when you get put with The Miz or you get pushed with Baron Corbin, it's like getting booked with Jerry the King Lawler back in the day. It's like, it's going to be on TV, but do people care about the feud? And
0: no. Hold on, Depending on who it is though, because Jerry Lawler did have some good ones, even though there's a lot of them that were stinkers.
1: Best one he had was with Bret Hart, to me personally.
0: Bret Hart, uh, Tommy Dreamer on ECW.
1: See, I did not appreciate – well, at the end, it was in the ECW shows, King was the loser, but King was burying that company every day on TV, and it didn't benefit ECW because Jared King did not fucking reap his just desserts. There was never a closure to that. You know what I mean? And when ECW got bought out, Jerry King was laughing about it, and it's like well, this is wrong because it's like he sh- – He's the infidel. The The renegades are supposed to be the ones you root for. ECW was the guys you're supposed to be rooting for. And Jerry never got his desserts in front of an audience that wasn't ECW fans. Like, it should have been a closure. It's so like, was Jerry King supposed to eat the loss? And he does it. They fucking bring Taz up. And they fucking fed him to Jerry the King Lola after he fucking made everyone else look like fucking jerks. Instead of rewarding someone who was talented enough to make Kurt Angle look good in that match. No, they punished him. Then they gave him a match with Triple H and Triple H buried him. And then they gave him Jerry the King Lola. No, no, correction.
0: Vince buried him, not Triple H. <laughs> you're
1: right. You're right. You're right. Vince Vince was like, oh, later on, oh, I should have let you win, son. Well, now he's broken. And he can't fucking wrestle anymore. Thanks for nothing. It's like that's what I feel the Miz is. It's like I feel you put the Miz with these guys you're not benefiting, and look, the dripstick stuff was terrible. You know, John made that it was, work uh, the best he could. He, he tried to make I it work. Was
0: going, I was just about to say that made it work the best he could, but the lines and the way they scripted the promos was cringy as fuck. It's
1: not. It's it's not good in the long run. They made it work to their benefit the best that they could they, within the parameters of WWE allowing it. And that's that's the thing I hate. I hate it. I hate watching a guy like John Morrison not being utilized properly. So I, I can't watch that. I'm glad he's free. Now Drake Maverick, look, Rockstar Spud was fun. Okay, don't get me wrong. I loved Rockstar Spud back, and he was fun. He was who he was. He was like a better Spike Dudley, right? Let's put it this way. He he was a better athlete. He's a much better wrestler. And no no disrespect to Spike, but Spike was a stunt. He was a stunt guy. That was his job. And Spike, I love Spike. But I think Rockstar Sweat was a better talent. And I thought he was great as a manager. I thought he made AOP work. He had to. He had to do whatever he could to make it work. That's- he literally had to piss his pants for the company. He was willing to piss his pants for the company because the fucking thing in the game didn't work. He did all this shit. And then I loved his 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 video he just pushed. Right. But when he got released, I thought yeah, it was a do great Do you think video.
0: he made that video last year and, and just held it on hold until he knew he's gonna get released?
1: You don't know, no, because he, it he, he
0: published that quite quick.
1: I think what happened was he last year he pushed out the original video. And before anything, he was already getting traction. So I believe he was ready. I think he knew the writing was on the wall. And I think he knew he was going to be I feel that this time I think he knew his numbers were up again. And he had something he made. He took his time to make it. It's it was shot well, but you could also see you could do that still in one day. You know, I'm so saying it could be what he filmed there could be done in one day, hundred percent. Just edits. You know, it's a cell phone. I mean, edit I, thug, but, you
0: know. I, I know it could be done in one day, but it was minutes after. It wasn't like hours after.
1: Yeah. I think he knew. I mean, before we knew, he probably had to have known. He must have been getting the calls, hearing all these guys getting released. He knew his time was up. I think he knew he was up. He had to have.
0: Did you see how and, Xavier uh, Woods reacted? Because he was on G four uh, TV live yes, as the I releases were happening. I was like, "Oh, he,
1: boy. he walked off. He had to walk off. Yeah, he had the phone. He looked at and he walked off." It's um, you know, I it's weird because some, like I said, some of these wrestlers at the end of the day are okay for me to go. I didn't see a lot in a lot of them, guys. Like I know, Vince's big deal is the big guy was a top dollar, was a former NFL, to be top dollar. yeah, NFL, right? And like he was an NFL guy, he was a big star. He saw him as a star. No, even though Swerve was fucking super talented, right? Swerve is a fucking he's Swerve on his own is going to be a guy that he's once his time's up, he's getting picked up. He'll be working impact shows he'll be in triple a he might we might even see him at dark you're going to see him. you know it's
0: weird because on nxt swerve was the leader but when they put him on smackdown they made top dollar the leader
1: vince likes his big boys it's like it's like it's been the joke this whole time it's always been the joke for years that vince likes the big guys and i think it's uh when i hear people say you know if you were bigger but well, look what Lance Archer said. And when they had talked to Lance Archer, talk about his time with WWE, he tried out. They said, You know, you're good. How much do you weigh? He's like, yeah, How tall are you? I think he said, like, I'm 6'8 or whatever he was. I don't know how tall Lance Archer is. I think he's like 6'8, 6'10. He's like, I'm, about, I'm this tall. Or oh, how much do you weigh? I'm 220. I'm and they said on the phone to him, Call us back when you're 250, 260. And they hung up on him. Once again, okay, nice. And, yes. and that was back when he was before the Rock and Rave connection, that was when he was years ago. And, you know, that right there is an indictment to Vince. You can say, yeah, Hulk Hogan said Vince never stuck me with the needle or forced me to, but that statement alone, which has been told to all the guys, is an indictment that your physical appearance isn't good enough. So, yeah, he may never force the needle into your arm, but he's basically forcing you to put a needle in your arm because there's no other way to get big enough without cheating. Vince is putting a fu- – do you know what this really is? It, okay, it's not really the same thing. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. But, I, I, but it's a type of profiling. You're not big enough. Imagine you go on a job, Julian, and they say you ain't white enough. You'd be like, excuse me? Right?
0: I've seen out I've seen out here near red carpets.
1: But you know what I'm saying. Yeah. If someone said that to you, you'd be like, well, fuck you. I'm gonna fucking call up somebody now and you're in trouble because you're judging me by the way I look. And Vince is judging these people not by the merit, the talent, the social media, no, nothing. They talk, the treat, he's judging them. By their fucking appearance that is profiling, no matter how you cut it. It may not be a skin tone profiling. It's a body disrespect. It's a, it's a body, it's body shaming.
0: It's just something, not fair. Here's something I was not shaming. The opening to AEW Dynamite yesterday, which was the MJF and CM Punk promo. We watched it live as it happened. Holy shit, it was a great freaking promo. MJF stood his ground the entire time.
1: So you know what I loved about it? what it you know aew uh has a different formula than wwe most of the time they don't start off with a long promo usually start with a match get the people hot then they do a promo
0: promo. but this time this promo needed to start
1: this promo was no disrespect this promo felt like a match the crowd boom boom when a crowd is doing what they were doing during a match You've cut a great promo. Now, Eddie Kingston and Punk had a great. I felt like, how can I say this? I felt that every match leading up has been a smart booking for Punk. Um, Talent by talent, he's been going up the ranks. You see, I feel like Eddie
0: Kingston could have won that one, though.
1: It's okay, though, because even in defeat, Eddie comes out looking great. Eddie is a a great hand. I remember, I'm not aging him, but he's 39, gonna be 40 years old, too. And he's, he is not CM Punk, no disrespect. Eddie Kingston is amazing. but he's sorry, I'm going, getting-
0: sorry if I'm going off the rail here, but um, we didn't talk about AEW Full Gear a few weeks back. But I thought it was a good show. Um, only one of the matches where I felt like they could have wrapped the shit up 10 minutes before, which was the horrible street fight they had with the Inner Circle and the yeah. other team.
1: Yeah.
0: I felt like they could have wrapped that shit up 10 minutes beforehand. But other than that, I thought the entire show was very good.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I felt like, honestly, no disrespect, I, I felt that the pre-show, they could have added one more match to the pre-show. I think the Cody, that, that match that Cody was thrown into, the tag team match, should have been the pre-show, personally, uh, to have two matches. They only had one pre-show match. They should have had two, and I felt Cody's match should have been a part of the pre-show, because the, then the, the flow would have been better. Because even if the street fight went a little bit longer like it did, it wouldn't have felt as bad, because you didn't have to fit in the Cody match. And Cody having a match on paper, he was perfectly fine. I'm I'm fine with that, but I feel like it could be on the pre-show.
0: The, you know, other why I, the other reason why I said it could have wrapped that shit up earlier is because we already seen a match like that three matches before, which was the six-man tag, which was right. a, also a, was a hardcore match or whatnot.
1: Yeah, well, usually when we have a six-man tag. It's, it's usually yeah, so, know,
0: six-man tag, a uh, hardcore match, whatever. Yeah, it was
1: which is fine. It was great, and that was a great match. Um, but I felt like with the with the thing with the street fight, it blew off and they finished it, which I'm happy about. I'm glad it wasn't like a long feud and it's kind of, I'm glad it's over. Hey, they got their time in. It's cool. Uh, Baron Varshky was there. He did the claw. Adorable. It was nice. And the reason why they did that, Jericho knows his history. Baron Rushky did the first Minneapolis street fight match. And Jericho said – problem is they should have explained – Jericho said they should have explained the rules to the fans who didn't know because it starts off as a regular tag match, and then it spirals out of control because the first five minutes goes by regular tag team rules. Then it goes out, but they didn't – that wasn't explained on the announcing, and they should have. That would have helped. It didn't hurt it, but then when the fans are saying, well, why were you doing regular, and then you went out of control? Well, that's how the rules work. But..." That wasn't explained. That's a, that's, that's, another, that's a mistake.
0: Another point of time where they should have wrapped it up in 10 minutes. But going yeah, back yeah, to the MJF and CM Punk promo. Yes. Love the back and forth. Uh, the WWE oh. references did not um, hurt the promos at all. Thought they enhanced were enhanced it, yeah. <laughs> Especially the Miz part. I didn't think I would actually hear his name on the AEW television.
1: You know what's funny? Um, it was because, you know, if you're going to talk about Punk, you, you unfortunately, you have to talk about WWE yes. and, and, and The Miz. You have to talk about John Cena. You have to talk about Triple H because this crowd and everybody in the world knows that history, okay? And what I loved about the A. Kingston one, just to go back and forth, that history was explained in the promos because this goes back to when people who may not have known, but Eddie explained it in such a great way. But with CM Punk, when MJF is in the ring, his storytelling is like, OK, this is your great. That was the greatest moment, you know, right, right, every time I have the mic, I drop nuclear bombs. It's like, damn, beautiful. Go back and forth. The Triple H references, the um, the Miz reference, the, the Rosie it, O'Donnell, it, Rosie O'Donnell, which <laughs> was great, you know, and, and, and the back and forth. And I, it felt so organic. And you know what was great? Just like in a wrestling match when there's rest holds and there's stops or there's whatever. And it's done to enhance the match. When MJF talked shit and then Punk just stared at him, he let it fester. And the crowd was hot for it. It's like the, that moment of silence was like a rest hold. It, it was just like... And then Punk spoke. And it went boom, boom. It was like crafted so well. And when you let the talent talent once again this was great it was great it was fucking great and it was better than and i love because truthfully the match he had was just a qt marshall match which is fine you know qt is just gonna lose for punk which is fine um uh, right, I, ch- I, like I
0: had to change his handle for a bit because i i'd, I'd- don't see the appeal QT Marshall. I knew Punk was going to win before that match came on, so I was like, whatever. Well, oh, yeah,
1: but, but no, the idea QT's job is, you know, he was hired to be a trainer mainly. And just to be part, hey, he's wrestling. He's very respected back in Ring of Honor. Apparently, he helped train all those guys. The guy is a good hand. He is a very good wrestling trainer. He knows his job. He's very good. And he has different, he's like, I feel like QT Marshall, I'm, people are going to get mad now. I'm saying this, it's like a Dean Malenko. You know, he's a very talented wrestler. He just doesn't have a a gimmick. He doesn't have a character. And Dean was very a dry character. Dean was the wrestler. And QT isn't Dean Malenko, don't get me wrong. But uh, at the same time, QT can wrestle anybody. And it's still, the other wrestlers going to look great. And he's not going to be a shit in the ring. And they're going to be good with each other. And so it was just a great filler match because the wrestling, the, 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 the promo before was important. Then it led into the match, which was fine. And I think that's great. And yeah, there's nothing more you can say about it other than that was just great, 100%. Uh,
0: real quick before we go, did you start watching Hawkeye yet?
1: Yep, we watched it yesterday. Uh, my it. So I came home from work. So me and my wife and my daughter show up. My friend, Shaka Billy, were at my parents' house. And I look at the TV and I see fucking Hawkeye on TV. I'm like, whoa, 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 what episode is this? My dad's like, it's episode two. I'm like, turn it off. I haven't seen it yet, so we ended up after dinner we watched both episodes. It was great.
0: You know, you see when they um, first announced this show, I did not think it was going to be a Christmas uh, themed show. Then I that's thought true. to myself, then I thought to myself when they started airing problems, I was like, okay, that's probably another reason why they delayed it for this long. They wanted to wait till Christmas season to release it.
1: It's smart, and I also feel that. Well, first off, have you ever met the, read the Matt Fraction comics of Hawkeye? Yeah. This is it. This is it. I mean, it's the Marvel movie version of it. But it's it. The, rel- the the dog, you know, the hearing aid, the 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 jump the sweatsuit mafia or whatever jumpsuit mafia, whatever they want to call themselves, the Russians, the tracksuit the tr- tracksuit draks, which is like the Russian mob guys, they say bro all the time because that's that's they're a big part of that. And I feel this is gonna have to lead to, I, maybe I'm speculating, but we could speculate. I feel this has gotta lead to Kingpin. And I'm hoping
0: it's the lead, it could lead to Kingpin. But remember, at the end of um Black Widow or the post credits scene, that's that was what's going to be addressed for this show.
1: That is true, but I still feel we're going to get references to Wilson Fisk because they were talking about how he almost annihilated all the mafia the Ronin did. Yeah. Well, what other than these guys, what mafia is the biggest mob? It's Wilson Fisk. And I really hope they could bring in those Netflix characters because I heard your Matt, um, Matt Murdoch, the guy oh, Charlie Cox is is supposed to be in Spider Man. So he's why not? He, I mean, he
0: denied it what seven thousand times already, but we'll see in he's a few den- weeks.
1: He's denied it. Andrew, Andrew Garfield, Garfield denied Toby it.
0: McG- uh, Toby also denied it. We'll see in a few weeks.
1: Yeah, yeah, we'll see that. Uh, it's no rush. It's okay. Take your time. I don't mind being surprised. I don't mind them lying because it's true. We want to be surprised. Um, but I feel hopeless if this shows up. I hope they could bring those. Look, the Netflix characters can fit perfectly into the Marvel Universe because the way they structured those shows, it was structured to be a part of the Marvel Universe without, without directly being Marvel Universe because they weren't sure how it was going to flow. But it was referenced there. Uh, just with the whole Daredevil beginning when they were trying to find an office, and they were saying, well, ever since the incident, and Matt Murdock goes, oh, that's what we're calling it now? Yeah, it was the, it was the attack on New York. That's exactly what it was. Like, it makes perfect sense, and those characters can translate over very well.
0: You like and, how they spliced uh, I, and um, twenty twelve attack into the early part of the episode? I thought that was quite I, clever.
1: I thought it was so well done and so useful because you could almost line up the shots. Of course, the only difference is in the the the, the twenty twelve movie that big battle scene was in slow motion. But like uh, I think New stars brought up point saying. If you were not the superheroes, that battle was like two minutes to you because you're rest, running to survive. It's not slow motion, cool fight scenes to you. It's two minutes. These guys are blowing because that's basically how it is, right? And when you saw Hawkeye shoot the arrow and just fight, remember what happened to Hawkeye after that? He crashed through the window. And he was on the ground in pain. <laughs> but she didn't see that. She saw him just looking cool as fuck. She didn't see him hurting, crying. You know.
0: Don't be surprised if someone online just starts um, splicing in those scenes, like they did. I've seen them on a they final snap. Did. Oh, they already did. Okay.
1: Yeah, I, I already seen that already. Yeah. Um, but I also watched uh, today. I watched because I kind of binged it today. Uh, I binge watched the first two parts of The Beatles Get Back. That's on Disney. Plus. I haven't
0: watched it yet. I'm oh going to watch that God. tomorrow.
1: I am. I am as big a Beatle fan as I am a Captain America fan. If that makes any sense to you guys, that's big. Okay, that's how much they mean to me. I've seen the original documentary that was originally made. And it was a cluster cut because they, when they originally produced it, they're like, well, the Beatles broke up by the time they finished editing it. What are we going to show here? So they made such a smaller film. There was over a month's worth of footage, 150 hours of footage and recordings. And Peter Jackson spent a year, and it's it's gorgeous looking. And how they do it, I heard stuff in this documentary that I've never seen before. And I have all the collections um, over the years. Yeah, I have all the B tracks, all the whatever. And hearing original because don't forget the Beatles wrote first of all, the Beatles wrote two albums in this one month. Two fucking out Abbey Road and fucking get and the Let It Be album are produced basically in this one month. So all this documentary is one month of January nineteen sixty nine that's two fucking albums, two amazing Beatle albums. And to sit there going watch these guys riff with each other and have fun. See, as people's narratives want to talk about how the Beatles were fighting, the Beatles don't fight like Americans, like where like fucking they're throwing shit. They're very subtle because they're they're very polite British guys, you know? So like, well, you know, I, I like what you did here, but I wish you would do it more like this. That means fuck you, you did it wrong, do this. And now so like, it, it's not coming off like that throwing stuff and that curtain They never do that. But the the historians that heard an incident from a person from a person, when they tell their version, they make it seem like, oh, when George was writing this song, John was dancing with Yoko and didn't give a fuck. You watch the footage. They were loving what they were doing. They were all having fun together. It's a different narrative because you see it with your own eyes. They're actual. You can't hide a smile when it's fake. You know a fake smile when you see it. But when you see them having fun, do this takes where – Paul is just banging on it. Cause you know, when you're a musician and you're in the studio for so long, you you get stir crazy and you wanna let go. So Paul's on the drums. John takes his guitar into the amp. Yoko is screaming on the mic and they're laughing and they're just raging and going crazy, getting it out of their system. And no one complained. Paul McCartney says no one understands Paul. No one understands like, you know, the, the John and and Yoko it's not for us like paul says it it's not for us to understand they're in love he says it in the fucking documentary Not. they never hate they they probably did not like the idea of her being there but i think they were willing to understand like hey he's smitten by her let him be you know and you see that in this documentary and it's stuff you never saw before all they ever said the beatles hate her the beatles hate her and it's not actually as true as you think the beatles were growing apart because They've just been wanting to do their own thing. It was they were living together all for years. They had nobody else but each other, and they were exploring. You know, they were they were getting bigger and bigger. It was going to happen. You know what I'm saying? Like it's such a good. You gotta watch you know, stuff,
0: it. Stuff like that makes you um, appreciate Wu Tang Clan about 20 years after that because when they first got their deals, they was one of the first to. Not only have a deal for regular company as a group, but also still gave the individual members their own right. deals. That-
1: well, with the Beatles, like you know, everything was most of the songs were written by John and Paul, so it was definitely the collaboration. And they wrote what people don't also realize they wrote songs for countless other people. You'll see songs, and you'll look at the credits. of be Lennon and McCartney. Yeah, they wrote songs with lots of other artists over the years. Matter of fact, Billy Preston, who played the piano on on those sessions, you'll see it when you watch it. They produced his, Billy Preston was a backup performer for Ray Charles, and he was a studio guy. They met him in fucking Germany when they, were, they weren't even famous. <clears throat> he became so, they wanted him in. They wanted to work with him. So much so that they realized, this guy's never made his own albums. After that, they produced his next two albums, The Beatles. Like, fucking A. You see what I'm saying? Like, and you see stuff. Because remember, when they're talking, it's new. John Lennon goes, did you see Martin Luther King's speech? And like, what happened, man? That's and they, stuff he, I
0: got to watch now. <laughs> like,
1: you, yo, you see John saying this was poetry. He should be the president. And this is John talking about Martin Luther King's speech right there. And Paul goes, did you see uh, The Good, the Bad, the Ugly? That was a fucking new movie then. So my brain's like, oh, my God. When we talk about Martin Luther King, we talk about him in the past tense, like as if he was untouchable. Here they are. And it was topical. It was new. And it's all preserved. And it's
0: When I mean, they were talking there. about it.
1: You have to watch. It's the long yeah, this is Yeah, it's, this is
0: something we'll watch, we're going to watch tomorrow.
1: It, it, it's very long, though. Each part is like two and a half to two, almost three hours each. It's three parts. So I watched the first and second part today. And it's so good. Because also, knowing all the songs and watching them together, like how me and you are talking right now, in the studio together, flushing out these songs. And you're sitting there going, oh, my God. we." Re- the Get Back was supposed to be a protest song. When you watch it, you can be like, oh my god, that's so crazy. Watch it. Enjoy it. Well, Next week, we'll talk about it if you finish. Or we have to, because it's so good.
0: Yeah, going back to Hawkeye, uh, the sword they had on Avengers Endgame, they said it for a while. <clears throat> Kevin Feige and everyone else, they said it for a while that that will be explored in an upcoming Marvel project. I didn't think it would be Hawkeye.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I still think the funniest thing with Hawkeye, guys, I hope this does not spoiling that too much. They're at the... Uh, the show, and Hawkeye goes use the bathroom. He says Daniel was right. He kind of goes maybe like he kind of like <laughs> can't say no now. <laughs> it's, like, <I> <laughs> it's it's kind of funny. I love it when it was written on the on the on the, the urine. Yes. that was so funny. I
0: thought the fight. I thought the fight scene with Kate Bishop was well executed and very done. Even though it was in a tight contained space.
1: Awesome. Though. I thought that was a nice way of doing it, and the hint of the swordsman, which is great to have the swordsman in Marvel Comics. Like I mentioned that, my dad's like. My dad watched it already. So when we watched it together, I said, That's the swordsman. He's like, Well, that makes a lot more sense. We'll see what happens later. And then you see the, you know, the, I don't want to say nothing here while spoiling it, but like, you know, there's a scene where he's with Kate and they, yeah. You know, and so, like, oh, yep, swordsman. There you go. Boom. Cool. And the swordsman does have that mustache too. So it's kind of funny. Like, yeah, okay, that can work. Like, that's There's something there to it. Uh, I'd be curious how they present the, the Swordsman in the Marvel cinematic verse. because he's always been like a D-list kind of. He was important because back in the day, I think he helped bring Hawkeye and I think he used to be slightly an Avenger and a bad guy. He kind of flip-flopped the Swordsman uh, if I'm not mistaken. I could be, I hope I'm not misremembering mis- it, but that's for the most part. And that was early in the day. So having him in there is cool.
0: I hope they have enough time to tell because this show is already going to be six episodes.
1: Well, it's they just have to establish him. They don't need to go anywhere with it really now. And the difference between this from the Matt Faction comics, I think the the mother died in the comics, right? Yes, and the, the mom father died the was in comics. Alive. They swapped it for this, which it, it doesn't really matter. I don't think it affects the story either way. Um but that that was the switch, one of the big switches from the comics they did there. I think the dog's one of the best characters so far. Pizza Dog, love it, love it. <clears throat> but um yeah, PSA so everyone, far so good.
0: PSA everyone, don't feed your dogs pizza.
1: And if you do, don't make that the only thing you feed your dog, because that's terrible. That's a terrible diet. That's a terrible diet for a dog. Uh,
0: Oh my god. Thank you so much, Rob, for coming on today. Thank you, everybody, for listening on the download. A few weeks from now will be the TWC Year End Awards, so I can't fucking wait for that.
1: Dude, it's almost December. This is crazy.
0: I know. And the tree's about to light up on um, Wednesday.
1: I have to go for my stress test Wednesday, so that's going to be great, too.
0: (laughs) <laughs> yeah you're probably like i don't want nothing to do with these fuckers out here
1: well yeah i but you know i i i leave it at three anyway so it doesn't really matter you know so
0: oh that's good man i hope everything goes out well uh rob thank you again for coming on also check out the keto J show uh um, yep wrestle with jd uh the makeup half presents for ronnie hayes uh let's see who else wrestling soup jason solomon so the solomon sounds off
1: money maker chris
0: my name is Chris. Uh let's see here. Let's see. Castle Chronicles with uh Kev Castle and <clears throat> shit, I forgot his co-host name. The, the girl he's with. <laughs> and, sorry. Yeah, sorry, everyone. <laughs> it's it's,
1: it's it's post-Turkey brain. We can't think. you think we have a list. We should make a list that we could just refer to. So every end episode we could just do it the right way. <laughs> but we're just going off, we're off the cuff. Next time we have to write down a list, like who do we have to mention? Like we'll just do it all. But uh, whoever listens to us, you know who we are. We love you. Yeah. Go listen to everybody, whoever has been on the show with us. How about that?
0: Thank you for coming on, Rob. Hope you enjoy the rest of your night.
1: I will enjoy the rest of this weekend.
0: <laughs> well, that too. Later, brother. Later.